Hello and welcome to 251. Two pianists, five minutes, one podcast. And if you want to get more information, look at our Facebook page, 251 Group on Facebook. My name's Simon Whiteside. And my name's Nick Tomlin. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about the whole area of fake books and real books in jazz. So uh, a fake book really is just a, a book of tunes. Um, very often it would just be the melody and the chords which musicians will use on gigs um, to help them remember uh, the, the songs. Um, and fake books really developed out of these things uh, called tune decks cards. And uh, these were cards used by broadcasters. This is going back to the, the kind of the early days of, of radio broadcasting. Uh, and these cards would just feature information about a particular song. So writing credits, copyright information, stuff like that. Um, but what was interesting is they also very often featured the tune uh, and, and the chords of a particular song. Um, and musicians uh, had the idea of collecting these and sort of collating them and then eventually Xeroxing them uh, into these kind of little books which they would take on gigs or even sell or circulate around. Um, and that's how really fake books uh, began. Um, but probably the most famous uh, fake book was actually called The Real Book, wasn't it, Sam? Do you, do you want to maybe talk a little bit about The Real Book? Yeah, the real book came out of, of Berklee College of Music in Boston in the 1970s. And it was a production by, it, it, it's, it's supposed to be, it's said to be someone who had a very good handwriting musical script. And in fact, real books now these days use all those scripts uh, and, and still do. But the idea was that the, the real rather than fake, i.e. the chords were better, and also it was what jazz players wanted to play, so there'd be bebop heads. And in fact, original tunes by particularly Steve Swallow, Steve Kuhn, Paul Blay, people like that, uh, they were asked to submit their original tunes. And in fact, Steve Swallow even re released an album later on called The Real Book. Because mm, they were teaching, uh, the point was they were teaching at Berkeley at the time, weren't they? Yeah, they were mm. connected there, yeah. And, um, uh, of course, there are other ways of presenting the music, and one way of getting around the copyright is not having the tune written down, isn't it? Yeah, so, you, yeah, there's, there's a few different versions, aren't there, where you don't actually have the, the melody, you only have the chords. In fact, the, the iReal Pro, which is the kind of the updated digital version, uh, which came along in 2008, that only has chords. It doesn't have the, the, uh, the melody line. Um, and there's another book you wanted to mention as well. Oh, yeah, Lionel Grigson, he had a, a... I can't remember what it, his book was called, but I think it was just called The Lionel Grigson... Was it called All the Right Changes? Some, uh, I think that's... Is that a different? Somebody else. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a guy humorously called Dick Hyman. Oh, yes, that's Dick Hyman, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and just basically the chords. And, of course, the good thing about the iReal Pro is that if you're on a gig and you're with a singer and they want to do it in a different key, you can automatically transpose the chords into the right key yeah. so you can yeah. read them in the right key. Yeah. I think it's important also to say these early books um, were, were sort of illegal because to get around the copyright uh, problem very often, well, they just didn't pay copyright the, the early for the earliest real book. Um, and it wasn't really until 2004 when, when Hal Leonard um, produced the first kind of legal version of the real book. Although there was also this other series, the new real book series by Sher Publishing, wasn't there, which I think predated that slightly yeah and and they were they, they paid you know the correct and then warner brothers have done one now too haven't they yeah there's lots of different i mean you can get them for all different genres now can't you uh, of music and uh, it's become quite a yeah quite an I, industry i mean i remember way back in the 80s i got a fake book from hal leonard but it was a much more it was printed it's much the print is much smaller it, it's this, the same style as the ultimate little 
Fake book or the mm-hmm. ultimate so and so book, but the satanic changes is, is a kind of British twist on that. Isn't yeah, it? I think that comes from sometime in the early nineties. I think Mick Hutton had something to do with that. Um, possibly Dave Cliff as well. Um, I, I brought my copy from Mick Hutton back in early nineties, sometime from the back of his black cab, um, and it's a little book. It's like a filofax kind of version, isn't it? With them, with uh, you know, with the, with the tunes in. Um, that's kind of British twist on the. Uh, on, on yeah. the whole I mean, interestingly, they actually look more like the, the Tal decks. Yeah, that's cards. true, actually. Yes, yes, that's uh, true. Tune decks. Tune decks cards, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's all for today. My name's Simon Whiteside. And my name's Nick Tomlin. Goodbye. Goodbye.